Good morning, everyone, or I guess it's afternoon now. It's a few minutes after 12 o'clock. My name is Jeffrey Stevens, and I'm the host of the Gospel Grammar Podcast Show. And today we will be starting a five-week series discussing the Christian faith. Today, specifically, the importance of faith. This show will be done, this series, I mean, will be done every Tuesday. And then starting next week, we're having an additional show, um, uh, Bible Study, that I'll discuss a little later on. But for now, let's get started. Again, my name's Jeffrey Stevens. I'm the host of the Gospel Grammar Show. This show is a part of the Gospel Grammar Podcast Network, so you can... See our lineup and all the shows we currently have at gospelgrammar.com. <clears throat> Over the previous, I don't know, probably six to eight weeks, I've been spending a lot of time looking at the effects my faith has created in my life. Time has been spent evaluating my growth and development and the lack of over the past few years. I'm grateful for the changes I've been led to take by the Holy Spirit, but still, I'm overwhelmed at times when my failures and where growth is lacking becomes more and more evident. This happens a lot with the way I communicate with other people, especially my daughter and family who's closest to me. I'll be honest, there's a lot of times, if those listening, if you saw the way I interacted with somebody in person, there's might be a little bit of shock that I'm even a Christian from time to time, depending on the situation and the circumstances. Now, I'm, I'm completely aware of the fact I'll never be perfect while I'm alive. I regularly have to remind myself there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Still, I can't help but feel I'm, feel I'm nowhere near where God would have me be. When it comes to my face, something's definitely not clicking from time to time. This has led me to breaking down exactly what having faith in Jesus means to me. And maybe you've got a much more theological outlook and you could teach me, you could write a book teaching me what faith is. Again, this is just what faith to Jesus, faith in Jesus means to me personally. Over the next five weeks, I'll be using the Tuesday show to discuss common characteristics of the Christian faith. Today, I'll focus on the importance of having faith and the effects it should create in our life. I'll also be writing an article that ties directly into into today's show that'll be published tomorrow on gospelgrammar.com's blog page. And also, if you're new to my show, follow our Facebook, my Facebook page, The Gospel Grammar Show. And this week, over the next three days, I'll be doing a Facebook Live sometime throughout the day, discussing a couple topics that tie directly into what we're going over this afternoon. And then again, like I said, not this week, but starting next Saturday... Every Saturday, we will add a 
a second show to my lineup. And I believe we're just going to start with Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and verse by verse walk through the Gospel of Mark each week. And as I mentioned earlier, I want to start this five-week series with the importance of our faith. I'll be discussing what our faith is to be in, as well as taking a look at some of the blessings this brings. I'll use two different chunks and chunks of scripture to back my thoughts. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 6 and then Hebrews chapter 11 verses 29 through 40. And if you're new to my show how this work is I'll read through the entire text completely. Today though because I'm using two different chunks of scripture I'll read through verses 1 through 6 in its entirety, and I'll come back and make a few points that I want to discuss a little, and then I'll go on and I'll read verses 29 through 40 in their entirety, and then go back and discuss a few other things. So all that being said, let's get started. Again, if you've got your Bible and you want to follow along, I'll be in Hebrews chapter 11, going through verses 1 through 6 to begin. I'm going to grab a drink and we're get started. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith though he died he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. All right, those, uh, man, there's a ton in these six verses. As a writer, I can get all sorts of red flags of stuff I'd like to write an article on, but, um, I've got this limited, limited to, let me see here, four different points I want to touch on through these six verses. And I'm going to start out with the obvious. Um, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. This is important. Our faith is in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of who he is and what he accomplished, our sins are forgiven and we're able to spend eternity in the presence of God. This faith is not to be in our works, what we have or will someday do. 
It's simply in Jesus Christ and what he's already done. And I say that simply, not making light of what Jesus did throughout his life and his death and his resurrection. I say that as in that is what our faith is, that the Christian faith is not based on thoughts and beliefs. It's based on real life events, something that happened. And when we focus on it's not what we do and what we are or not do, what we are or we're not doing, it brings a very simple question to mind that can help you determine if your faith is at least headed towards what it should be. And when when you that question, when you think of God, do you think of love and joy? Or do you think of obligation and rules to follow? Now, if your faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you should feel love. You should experience this joy. But if when you think of God, you think of rules to follow and obligations you have to meet, then your faith is more on what you do instead of what's already been done. So that, that that's important. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Not the way that I talked and communicated with my daughter last night. Now, uh, verse 3 here, I'll read this. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And when it says word of God here, by word of God, this isn't referring to scripture. You know, several of us, when we say the words word of God, we're talking about scripture, about the Bible. But what this refers to when it says the universe was created by the word of God, what this means is the world was spoke into existence. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He, he didn't do something. He said these things, and they happened. And because we are created in God's image, this should show us the significance of the words we use and things that we say. And I am horrible at this. I am quick-tempered, to say the least. And I can, time to time... I'll literally say something, and before it's even out of my mouth, I wish I would have said something else. And so for us parents, I like I said, I have a daughter. Um, for us parents, this is very important. What we say matters, whether it's something we say directly to a child or just a comment that they overhear. Our words create an effect in their life, so we have to be mindful of this. Words are so powerful that God spoke the world into existence. And while, no, we're not going to speak a new planet into being, but we do have the ability to have a very negative or a very positive effect on the lives of others, especially our children. So that's something we've got to be more mindful of, especially me. Now we will go on here, verse 5. Let me read this. Uh, 
By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And this is important here because it says right there, he was pleased God, he had pleased God because of his faith. It's our faith that defines our relationship with God. Faith leads to repentance and obedience. It's not the other way around. It's not like, and this is something I've struggled with in the past where you know, it, if I was a better father, my faith would grow into, and develop into what I wanted it to. I write and speak about the Bible professionally. If I was better at my job, my faith would grow into more. It was all based on things I would do instead of just having a faith in Jesus and allowing that faith to lead me to repent of specific sins and to make changes in the way I was acting. And we have to remember here, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Without our faith being where it needs to be, it's impossible for any of our works to amount to anything. And so again, this all ties back into verse 1. This is important. Where's your faith? Do you see yourself as a child of God as a result of what Jesus accomplished through the cross? Are you still seeing God as like the principal of an elementary school where you've got to do what you're told? You've got to walk in the straight line, be obedient, and make sure you're not doing anything wrong. If, that, if that's how you see God, you're lacking that relationship. And that, that's what our faith, when we put effort into developing our faith to where it needs to be we start to lose all these other other objects like how we act and what we say and what we do and it's not because it's not important we just keep it in the proper perspective that that doesn't determine our faith our faith is what determines how we live and so now on to for me anyway out of these six out of these six verses, this is definitely what was more, most important to me. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I, I'm a writer. I pay a lot of attention to words. Words are important, especially when we're reading something as significant as the Bible. And we see here the, the author of Hebrews is pretty clear. Without faith, you cannot please God. If following Jesus is important to you, there must be a belief that he not only exists, but he rewards those who seek him. And that word seek means to go in search of or in quest of, to try and obtain. So when, when I see that, that word seek, that's not giving just a quick look or a quick glimpse around for something. When you seek, 
you are going out of your way to try to obtain something you're in search or quest of. And seeking God isn't just giving a quick look or a glance every now and then when it's convenient. That would be like, you know, you mumble quick prayer every morning before you get out of bed and you mumble another one before you fall asleep and that's it. You know, that that's not going out of your way throughout the day to seek God. That's just giving me a quick glimpse real quick, real fast, while it's easy for you. Seeking takes effort. You give what you're searching for a priority in your life. Everything else centers around what you were searching for. So, the, the, like I said, these words are important here. And it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So, sure, you know, faith alone is enough. Um, we're, we're saved by our faith. But there's too many of us, and I fell into this category for a long time. I would be the first one at church every Sunday morning. I would go to a Bible study throughout the week. And, you know, my Bible... If you know anyone who has seen my Bible, my Bible has more commentary and handwritten notes than probably any other Bible I've ever seen. And so, you know, that, that was all great Sunday morning during church and Wednesday nights during my Bible study. But through the week, there was no searching. There was no seeking. It just when when I had time, I would acknowledge God and that he was there and that I needed him. And if he was going to bless me at all, he needed to check my schedule first to make sure I had time for him to get involved with everything. And when that's how we approach this faith business, living our lives surrendered and centered around Jesus, there has to be much more effort. Again, I've started this whole show today based on it's our faith and not what we do. But then again, and I'll talk about this more here before the show ends. If you have the kind of faith Jesus describes in the New Testament, that's going to change the way you live your life. That's going to change the things you say, the things you do, the way you interact with other people, whether they are Christians or not. If you have this faith, the faith Jesus is looking for, there is plenty of work involved and I think too often we just take for granted that yes Jesus he died on a cross and he rose from the dead and because of that my sins are forgiven so whatever I do tomorrow it's okay I've got this get out of jail free card I believe in Jesus and that simply, that is not the faith that Jesus describes when he talks to his followers throughout the, new, throughout the four Gospels. So that's what I had for these six verses. I'm going to grab another drink of water here real quick. And now we will move on. Now we will move on to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 40. 
And I want to take a look at what this faith should be in and some of the blessings that comes with it. Not that, well, we're, we're discuss that here in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'm going to read this text again, verses 29 through 40, and then we'll do the same thing. We'll come back and I'll drive home a couple of thoughts I have when I read this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, Stop the mouths of lions, quench the power of quench the power of fire, escape the edge of the sword, were made strong, out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Okay, that's, that's a big chunk of scripture there. That's a little bit more than the original six verses we started with. But there's a lot there to discuss, and we're not going to walk through every verse but I do have let's see I've got four points I want to make and then a closing topic a uh, closing point so we'll get started here I'm going to read this this is what I think about when I read verses 29 through 31 so that is by faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Now, the, the three main events we just read about there, the crossing a Red Sea, the circling Jericho for seven days, and wel welcoming and helping the spies. You know, a, a non-believer, anyone that just simply was new to the faith and still had a lot of questions, 
anyone could easily say that each of these things were no more than great action being taken by courageous people. You know, the they walked through the Red Sea. Well, they easily could have done that. The, the, the sea is parted and there is a path. Anyone could have walked down it. As far as circling the walls of Jericho, anybody in the army could have done that just because it's what anyone, everyone else is doing. And then we all know the results. As far as Rahab, any woman could have done what she did and just simply said she was being nice to the spies. Here's the thing. There's a great amount of faith involved in every one of these actions. This faith was required in real this faith was required in realizing the promises of God involved with the actions. This necessarily wasn't the amount of faith, but what the faith was in. Their faith wasn't in what they were doing. Like as the, as the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, their faith was not in, they were walking through the sea. The faith was not in the army as they circled Jericho Rahab's faith was not in the fact that she was helping the spies escape. Their faith was in what is what God had promised them. They weren't following their their actions. They were pro they were following God. So that's that's what all this action results, and it's got to be the same way with us when we do what we do today. Our faith is not in, you know what, if I don't cuss anyone out this week, next church is going to go better for me next week. Our faith is in what Jesus has already accomplished. And until we can say that, there's going to be constant struggles we have when it comes to realizing, not only realizing God's promises, but identifying them and being able to see them produce fruit in our lives. And so we have to make sure our faith is always on exactly what it's supposed to be. And that's not something we have done or something we are getting ready to do. That faith is to be in what Jesus has already done. <clears throat> so now verse 32. Let me find this here. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell a Gideon, Barak, Samson... Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets. Um, let me grab a drink here real quick. My voice is getting a little froggy. The people, the author of Hebrews mentions here, the people being used to describe the power of faith were not perfect people. In fact, the Bible tells us just how flawed each of them were. When we allow ourselves to believe a specific level of obedience is needed before our faith will begin providing results, our faith is in our works instead of being in God. This is in no way an attempt to downplay the necessity of obedience. It simply it simply means of keeping our faith where it needs to be. So like all these people here, Barak, 
Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, all these people we read about who their lives are great testaments of what happens, what comes with the Christian faith. None of these were perfect people. It's not like these people just went above and beyond and because they were so obedient, God decided to use them, which I guess you got to be careful of that because there was a level of obedience, but that obedience is not what made this these actions that came out of their faith so important. What matters is you have faith, and that faith leads to all these changes being made. When your faith is in Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes through the process of sanctification in our daily lives, and day by day we become more like these people mentioned, but the goal is not to be like these people. The goal is to be like Jesus Christ. These are just examples of individuals given in the Old Testament that show us what we are able to accomplish through this faith. And now verses 35 through 38. My eyes are getting getting a little blurry. I think it's time to go with a large print Bible. But uh, here, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 through 38. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And this is important here. Um, if, if you notice, those three verses are a lot different than the few verses that preceded it. I mean, these, I, I don't think anyone in their right mind would want to be pursuing events such as these being mocked, being flogged, being imprisoned and chained. And yet right here in God's Word and Scripture, we're given examples of this is part of having faith. And living a life of faith doesn't promise cash and prizes according to the world's standards. The Bible is full of faithful people facing extremely difficult lives. Each of the apostles went on to be martyred for their faith. Faith in Jesus doesn't equal an easy and successful life. What we are promised is that because of our faith, we will have a comforter despite anything else going on, like, like what we read about here, chains and imprisonment, mocking, flogging, regardless of what we're going through with our faith, we have a comforter who provides us strength to endure this, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so, if you were, if you were facing these things, would what Jesus accomplished on the cross, would that be enough? Or do you need something more? Are you the one, are you one of the people who you're all for following Jesus, 
But there better be a good job with a great salary that comes with that. You, you want to live in a certain house or drive a vehicle or, ha or have a certain wife or husband. You, your kids need to reach a certain level of success. What are you basing your faith in Jesus upon? Is there something you're wanting to earn throughout life or is what Jesus already done is that enough for you to give him everything you've got and that's important because if you can't answer yes to that that shows you an area where you might need to take a harder look at your faith and what it is you believe now here we go with verses 39 and 40 let me read this real quick and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. And the majority of the people mentioned in this passage only experienced a preliminary of the specific promise God had given them. Each of them anticipated a greater hope that wouldn't that they wouldn't experience until the future. This something better refers to the realities of the new covenant, the perfection of believers accomplished only through the perfect work of Jesus Christ. And that goes back into a little bit what I just mentioned my last my last point. You know, the, these people we read about in the Bible, like, for instance, Moses. When Moses read the, led the Israelites out of Egypt and into the Promised Land, Moses never made it. And then you have the Apostle Paul. You look at all the stuff he went through throughout life after the road to Damascus. Once Jesus became important to him, you've got to look at all the the torture he went through, and even Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus died on the cross. He was crucified. His The original 12 apostles, minus Judas, well, I guess Judas too, you might as well say, went on to a horrible end. So all these things with the Christian faith, it's not always just reward after reward after blessing after blessing. And yes, that happens. I know plenty of people who that that's their story. That's how God has worked in and through their life. But that's not how it's always going to be. For the majority of us, things aren't like that. You know, since Jesus became important in my life in 2012... There has been a lot of difficulty. There's been a lot of struggle. But the one thing that hasn't changed, despite how difficult my life has been, Jesus still died on a cross for me. My sins are covered through what he accomplished. Because of Jesus and what he did, I'm able to spend eternity in the presence of God. And that has to be enough for us. It has to be what we base everything we do upon. So my point, my point for this week's episode, our faith, our faith is 
best explained in Hebrews chapter 1. I'll read that again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is the best explanation we will find of our faith and where our faith is supposed to be. This faith is to be in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This isn't something to earn or something to work towards. This faith is a gift. This being said, the Christian faith isn't something you have. It's something you do. Faith isn't a characteristic to carp. Faith isn't a characteristic to carpmentalize, like you know when I'm around my church friends, I make sure I'm living my life the right way, and then I get around my coworkers, and I gotta act different. Then I get around my neighbors, and it's a whole another way. And then at home around my family, I can finally just be myself. You don't compartmentalize the Christian faith. It's something that defines who you are. Every aspect of who and what you are doing centers around your faith in Jesus. While the Christian faith is something you should never shy away from discussing with another person, you shouldn't ever have to tell anyone you're a person of faith. This should be clearly demonstrated in the way you live. And I think all of us, you know what? There's been times I've been this person. You look at my Facebook page, and it just post after post after post of Jesus and the Bible. And by all social media appearances, I'm this Bible nerd and this great follower of God. But then you shut Facebook off and you see the way I interact with other people. And you would think I have no clue what a church even is. So this is important. Like I just said, we, we should not have to tell anyone we're a Christian. There shouldn't be any question to the matter. They should just see and experience the way we live our life. And they should know there's something different about us. So that uh, that wraps up my show for this week. Make sure you go to gospelgrammar.com tomorrow and look for the blog post I've written. It'll be published tomorrow morning. And also visit the Gospel Grammar Show's Facebook page. Again, I think the next three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'll be on there. Not nearly as long as this, but probably for a quick 10 to 15 minute video tying in a little bit more of what we went through today. And again, next Tuesday, I will not have a show this Saturday, but next Tuesday, I will continue this series on faith, and I'll use Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29 to look at a faithless generation. And then next Saturday, we will start our expository Bible study with the Gospel of Mark. We're just going to start at chapter 1 verse 1 and walk through verse by verse so again thank you very much for tuning in and until next week live free and on purpose